Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Trying to peek over You won't give in No way This is so typical How do we get closer? See, I don't want you to stay If you're just gonna take up space And no, I don't want you to go And leave me alone your echo you got me in a spiral spiral running on your high lows high lows can you love me when you're down can you love me when you're around you got me in a spiral spiral running on your high lows high lows can you love me when you're down can you love me when you're around when it burns it burns so bright your love's what i'm looking for is my search over when it hurts it hurts so right every time i try to use my head my body takes over see i don't want you to stay if you're just gonna take up space and oh i don't want you to go and leave me alone your echo you got me in a spiral And welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Spiral by hey, Merlin. Nicole. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hey, Nicole. Hello. Hey, Greg. That reminds me of uh, Sophie B. Hawkins from the 90s. She was this um, kind of alternative pop singer. And Yeah, I, I missed that. I didn't, I didn't hear that the first time around. But uh, now that you mention it, I think it does sound. Cool vibe. Kind of dancey, but, but more alternative mm-hmm. to a little bit of everything. So... And that's what this kind of reminded me of. So very cool. Again, you know, keeping up with my, I say it every episode, <laughs> retro. Nothing everything is derivative yeah. of everything else. <laughs> right. Well, it's, you know, it, 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 it is the case, I think, in a lot of instances, although I guess it's when people don't realize they've been influenced that, you know, and they're, and they're putting their stuff out there and, and they get offended if you say, you know, well, it's reminiscent of this or, inspired by that it's like no do your homework you know no 
know when you're being influenced, right? Well, it, it's funny because I've been trying to listen to more like indie music just when I actually have time and away from Kenzie. And I was driving to pick her up from school today and just on the playlist popped up this group called The War on Drugs. And immediately I was like, this is ex- this is 80s Carl if I ever heard it. Like this band just brought me <laughs> back to some of Carl's own songs. And I was like, this is not new, but they just released it like a week ago. It's called War on Drugs? The, the group is called The War on Drugs, but I forgot the oh, name man. of the single. I don't know. So, yeah. So I don't. We're gonna, be, we're gonna be featuring some of Carl's uh, vintage material. Today, maybe, maybe. But, but, but yeah. one thing I have some sad news mm. today. Well, I read this week. This week is the official end. It's the end. That's how old we've gotten. It's the end of the iPod. The iPod. What? Yeah. Um, yeah. Apple is no longer making producing iPods. They're done. It's over. I mean, I haven't really seen an iPod probably in the last five years, though. Like but now, they're not even not even being made anymore. Like they, they at least were still the being- ones we have. I mean, you know, my kids were coming up at a time where you know you got the the next generation of the iPod every couple of years. So right. my kids had several. You know, there there are tons of them laying around the house at this point. I think it was absolutely positively life changing product development and design. I think it changed everything our ipods still work you know and that's extraordinary there's that uh documentary with dr dre and jimmy iovine back you know a couple years ago on hbo jimmy iovine was talking about like in around 2000 he was friends with steve jobs and steve jobs you know at that point just showed him this prototype of this new thing he figured out because Steve Jobs said, hey, man, I like the Walkman, but they only have only fit a cassette. And what about if you can fit like a smaller thing that could have hundreds of songs, you know? And so when he invented the iPod and all that technology, and then iTunes to go with it, and when he showed this to Jimmy Iovine before it released, Jimmy Iovine goes, it's over. The music business <laughs> is over. <laughs> he said at that point, he knew at that moment, the music business as he knew it was over. Well, when you could put your record collection or your music collection in your pocket and have it with you at all times and it became on demand. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's well, I remember, pretty like, extraordinary. I remember spending hours like uploading the CDs to like burn them onto the computer to then put right. them on iTunes and then transfer them to the iPod just waiting to like be mobile like that I like vividly remember doing that like towards the end of high school and then in college so I mean they definitely changed everything we all did that I, I converted about a thousand CDs uh, much to my dismay I always thought it was a myth that Apple had lost a bunch of stuff but in fact they admitted to it several years following the rumor. And, you know, I had uploaded a thousand CDs and then sold all the CDs. So therefore they lost about half of my record collection and would have never um, in a position to do anything about it, you know. But, you know, I, there's a thing about, you know, and I've read in di- different magazines and articles that technology changes has about a 25 year span. Mm-hmm. Magnetic recording tape happened. And then 25 years after that, then it was like, then vinyl went to cassette. Then another 20 years or so, 25, it went to like CD. And then 25 years from there, it went to MP3s. And like, it's been about 25 years now since the digital, you know, iTunes thing started. Now that's all gone away. Now it's just total streaming. So that it seems technology just keeps on changing. Like there's a cycle every like 25 years, you know. So it's funny. It's, it's how it's, it adheres to that pretty much. In our lifetime, we may see the implants, you know. 
Maybe. Oh gosh, let's but, hope not. That really that would just be the end of everything. Like But talking about that, to kind of kind of around the same topic. I, you know, as you guys know, I've been baking my tapes, you know, my old reel to reels from when I grew up, right? Yeah. So so I figured I want to start a new segment and it's called From the Bakery. So I love that. Rewind. I'm rewinding. Hear that? Is that a good sound effect? It's been a long time since I've heard that, actually. Anyway, this is more of a novelty song than an actual song. But I used to love, for some reason, I loved Greta Garbo. I saw these old movies when I was a kid, and I loved Greta Garbo. So I loved black and white old movie stars. I was a senior in high school, and there was this girl I liked. You know, she went to the College of New Rochelle. She was older than me, right? And she didn't know I existed. She liked old movies, too. So I wrote this song called The Girl from New Rochelle. And what I did was I tried to make it sound like an old 20s record. So what I did is I, I recorded this playing piano. I used to have this old marimba where I played like, the, you know, it's like a xylophone. Played that little violin. I used to play violin badly, you know, <laughs> and I sang through like a toilet paper roll, right? To give it that. that That's like, great, man. You, know, it's you went to great no, to get then, this girl to notice you. And then I also took a little old record that skipped and played it throughout the whole recording. So it sounds like an old record, right? Yeah. Right. So I, and then I used to pump sound design. And, no, no. Like, and then, then I pumped. This is I remember. This is back when I was like sixteen, back in nineteen seventy one or something. Or <laughs> I did this. It's how old this track is. So in in like you know baking the tapes, I found this track. It's this song called "The Girl from New Rochelle." See if you can make out the word. It, it's really stupid, but but for what I <laughs> for what it's, it's trying to be, I think it kind of sounds authentic. Just tell me what you think. Okay. Sounds good. Here it is. to like the 1920s and 30s um like the silent films or like that you'd have the actors and then you'd have the sound over it like that's immediately what i thought that would be in that's what i was trying to create like in you know and with your affected vocal you know which you want you always wanted that kind of at that period of of your creativity you you love that you know that kind of uh english accent 
over affected vocal thing. So you kind of add a little bit of that in there too. So what that does is that creates this weird 30s, 40s, our conception, they called it a transatlantic accent, where it's like an accent that doesn't really exist anywhere, only in film. And, you know, it's like these people have these accents and you don't know where they're from, but they sound more highbrow than they normally would sound if they well, just had a regular well, you're, you're, you're giving U.S. Me a, accent. You're giving me a lot more credit than what it was. It was just like... No, man, it's, I think it's unintentionally surreal. It's very, it's very interesting. I was just a 16-year-old kid singing through a toilet paper roll. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the magic of it, the idea that it's like... You know, 16-year-old kid, you should have been listening to, you know, like ZZ Top or Well, I was trying to create like like a Rudy Valley megaphone. Like that. Exactly. Anyway, that's just weeks from the bakery. Hot and fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're absolutely going to, we're going to keep this segment in. That was really terrific. But did you notice that, you know, that's not that far off from, the kind of things that Queen was doing, uh, you know, on their on their albums, it's not that far off with what Tim Curry was doing, you know, that very theatrical. This rock predates thing. that, you know. So I was in. Yeah, exactly. Queen hadn't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. No, because me and my friend Gary, you know, we used to love Greta Garbo. Yeah. And I'm amazed though when I when I'm like, you know, because I had spoken to guys like Scott, and most of them told me, like, you know, oh, those tapes are probably long gone, they're dead. And I'm going, yeah, really? No. And like, you know, and these, you know, these tapes are 50 years old. And Greg, they're with a minimal amount of baking in my little baker yeah. I got over here. little cinnamon pinch of sugar well i mean if in and that i mean that tape right there you said 1971 that is 50 years old like that tape and it you can still it sounds good so uh, what do you want to do you want to play another song or something yeah we've got two more why don't we play i owe you by merlin so before that we are going to listen to a little bit about her pr company core pr which is how we actually found her this episode features an artist from core public relations Core Public Relations is a Los Angeles and Nashville-based public relations and marketing firm. They represent clients working in entertainment, health and wellness, politics, and fashion. With social media strategies as well as tried-and-true public relations tactics, they consistently deliver powerful and effective campaigns to ensure client success. To learn more, go to corepr.com. That is K-O-R-E-P-R.com.
brought me back to my childhood because I heard so many different versions of like late 90s, early 2000s, like pop band artists like Brandy and Bewitched and um, Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys, Rihanna, like all of that was just mixed in there. DLC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. DLC, yeah. I, I, I like the hook too. I like the, the syncopated way she says the words. It's kind of cool. I like it. Very cool. I know. So did we speak with uh, Merlin? We did. Why don't we do our question of the week segment and get to know her? There we go. All right. Professional so, podcasting. Done right. At its finest. That's right. All right. So the first question we asked her is to tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Merlin and I'm a local artist in Boston. I'm a singer songwriter. I'm a performer. I am a lover of all things travel I was born in Albania and I have been in Boston ever since I was seven. Uh, I've gone back and forth a few times. I've traveled the world, I've traveled to different continents and different states. And at the end of the day, this is what I love most. Music, writing songs, being creative, allowing life to be my inspiration. And also being, you know, the traumas and the, and the lessons along the way. And that's what I try to infuse into my music. It's always very personal one way or another. If I haven't gone through it myself, someone who I love has. And I always try to put myself so deeply into the shoes of whatever perspective I'm writing from. And I just try to leave a little lesson and piece of happiness and wisdom behind. And basically, I'm just trying to make music that I want to hear. Whether it's, you know, influenced with a little bit of different culture and just, you know, I just want to make all sorts of genres and I love genre bending and I love collaborating and just getting together and making all these different ideas come together in such a beautiful way and a new way. And who knows, maybe striking gold and really finding that beautiful pop masterpiece. I like that response. One thing I do, I, what I like, I never heard that expression before, genre bending. I like that phrase. Mm-hmm. But And she does it too, like. There are so many different things in her, and at least the last song that I heard that I was like, this is like all over the place in a really good way. We asked her, what other music artists have inspired your career so far? So my musical influences start off with my parents' musical influences. In Albania, basically it was the biggest names and the biggest artists, usually from the U.S., but also across Europe and everything that made it to the top. And basically those were the tracks that were played. And, and in Europe, it works kind of differently instead of like, the you know, playing the top 10 or 
20 songs you know they they switch it up from older things to what's in the charts now and it's all sorts of you know sometimes languages and and so you know there was everything from like michael jackson to you know like just hearing my dad's cd on like from eric clapton and just uh, a lot of incredible artists but you know coming to the states i remember like not really being allowed to watch like MTV and stuff like that. Um, and my mom would let me watch like the country channel. So of course, like Shania Twain and all that, that was my stuff <laughs> for sure. And then it was, you know, my personal taste in music, like Beyonce and Rihanna. And more recently it was artists like Dua Lipa and Billie Eilish. And I just, I love music in all forms. And I think it's just different genres, different lines that inspire me, and even people's like actions, mannerisms, and concepts. Well, one thing that makes me very happy: mm-hmm. no red hot chili peppers, no red hot and no chi- John Mayer, yeah, no, no John Mayer. John Mayer. <laughs> I called it though, Rihanna, Beyonce, like that was what I was yeah. hearing in that last song. So, so we asked one last question of uh, we did Merlin. what? What are your thoughts on the music discovery process today? I think that music discovery nowadays is interesting. You know, it can be a little intimidating because there's so many people doing so many things and, you know, they have their own channels and they're already doing so many different things and they've got so many different side businesses and it can be overwhelming. But then obviously it's also really freeing because it's like, hey, I can have my own channel. I can have my own audience. Um, There's so many different things that people can do now and so many different ways that they can reach their version of a successful career, you know? Are they happy? Are they doing what they want to be doing? Are they authentic? And and I think that's really freeing, just really incredible to have that opportunity nowadays. I feel like it was, you know, this idea before where, like, I got to know the right people. I got to talk to the right people. I got to be from the right place. Whereas now it's like, you know, somebody who may not be in a big city or may not have access to things that other people have, you know, they get to be inspired by all sorts of people and become an amalgamation and a representation and express themselves in the best way that they want to and need to. And, you know, it's, it's wild. You can go viral for so many things and you can have your song put into so many different TV shows and it's just really incredible. And I'm really excited to see how it's all going to go in the future. Yeah, she's right, you know. Very well spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very yeah, well-spoken. she and she does sound smart, you know. I'd say one thing, like, you know, the the thing is like there aren't as many gatekeepers. Right. Now there are just so many gates. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got their own yeah. gate. So it's like Yeah, you go through your own gate, right. right. So like maybe there aren't gatekeepers, but like it's like so many paths. Like I saw a fork in the road, so I took it. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, you guys want to get on out of this episode? Let's please do that. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through because not only do we have one more song by Merlin called Can't Touch This, but we also have our first unofficial Bongo Java sponsored PSA for you to listen to. (laughs) For everything that we spoke about in this show, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That's numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. This episode is officially, unofficially sponsored by Bongo Java. Bongo Java, the birthplace of the 9420 podcast. 
while Bongo Java got its start a year earlier than 9420 in 1993, in 1994, Carl and Greg's relationship got started, and in 2020, Carl and Greg visited Bongo Java to create this podcast that you listen to. For more information on Bongo Java, go to bongojava.com. See you. 